The Productive Woman, Episode 105. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what to do with all that stuff we collect that has sentimental value. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 105. Now we've talked about clutter in a general sense in the past, and uh, we've looked at the costs of clutter in episode 14, for instance, and we looked at some steps to decluttering in episodes 16 and 37. So there's information back there about the general idea of clutter, what it costs us, what it does to us, and what we can do about it. This episode, we're going to be looking more specifically at the mementos we save that can, if we're not watchful, overtake our space, our attention, and our energy, and get in the way of living truly productive lives. This episode was inspired by a conversation that happened during a mastermind meeting this summer. Uh, we were talking about dealing with years worth of saved cards from husband, children, and so on, photos, event programs, and so on. And um, the person who was the focus person for that particular mastermind meeting wanted to talk about this, and and she shared this uh, with the group. She said, uh, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but she says, I you know I have a problem, ladies. I've hung on to almost every card my husband and I have ever exchanged. I have cards I've received from my kids, parents, friends. I have letters, other mementos. I've always thought about putting all of these into a, a lovely scrapbook to share with everybody, but that's something I've dreamed about for years and haven't done anything about. She said, I have to move in the next year or so, and I can't take all this with me. It's taking over my closet and storage space and help. Um, and I mean, it was such a, a, a question that resonated with every one of us in the group as we talked through this. And, and you know, honestly, I literally just went through a similar situation myself in the past couple of days as I'm recording this. We are preparing, my husband and I are preparing to renovate my home office and get things set up to work better for the things I need to do there. And so as uh, part of that, to clear the room out so he can do what he does, because he, he paints and, and does all sorts of things, I had to go through file folders and shelves and boxes and, and you know, look at and evaluate articles that I'd saved, awards I've won, photographs that I've saved, and, and all sorts of other mementos. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to lie. It was not easy for me to um, decide what to do with some of these things. Unlike some professional organizers who look at this subject from an almost clinical perspective, I actually do feel your pain. 
So um, we're going to talk about some of this, um, the impact of it, and some ideas that came up both in this mastermind meeting that I was talking about, but also uh, my own thinking and some research that I did. So what are we talking about here? Like I said, in past episodes, we've talked about clutter in general, but here we're talking about those things that we save that are um, that have special meaning to us. And I'm talking about things like photographs, greeting cards that we've given or received, event programs and tickets, our children's artwork, ribbons and awards that they've won, we've won, our husband's won, somebody's won, um, you know, all those sorts of things. Those are some of the things that come to mind for me. Also papers I've written, uh, you know, for college and for law school. I actually found some of those uh, as I was going through a file, a set of file folders in my office uh, earlier today. And I, m- some of them I got rid of, a couple of them I didn't. They were particularly important papers to me that I may want to, uh, I have plans actually to do something with in the future. So, but those are some of the kinds of things that I'm talking about here. I would really love to hear what sort of things you maybe struggle with saving too much of or that you have a hard time of. So if you would go to theproductivewoman.com slash 105 and share, you know, if there are particular kinds of mementos that you struggle with saving or, you know, struggle with letting go of or that you have too much of, share that in the comments. So why do we save this stuff? Well, you know, it's all about the meaning we attach to those items. Maybe it's somebody you care about or cared about in the past gave it to you. Maybe it brings back memories of a happy time. Hopefully uh, you're not saving it because it brings back memories of a sad time, but, but sometimes we do. Um, in some cases, we, we, the meaning we attach is that, you know, this is evidence that I did something interesting. That's me and some of these papers and things that I did in law school. Or it's proof that I existed or that somebody cared about me. And maybe we don't think about that uh, consciously, but part of the exercise that I'm going to suggest you go through and that I've been going through in this in my home office is asking those questions about, you know, the meaning that you're attaching to those items that you don't want to let go of. Sometimes it's uh, a, a part of a bigger picture in our life of that sense of scarcity leading to a need to hang on to things. Some of us who grew up without much in the way of physical things or, or whatever, um, there, there's something in us that wants to hang in, uh, hang on to things. And that's part of what we talked about back in episode, way back in episode 14 about the problem of clutter in general. And it certainly can apply here that uh, similarly, that question of, well, what if I get rid of this and then I wish I had it? You know, um, that, that, that makes us hesitate. Maybe I'm saving it for my kids or for posterity. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that for saving some of those important items from our children's uh, lives, but really how much of that stuff do we need to save? What is actually going to have meaning for them when they're old enough? Or if like me, your kids are grown and even out on their own, you know, let's talk about why are we still saving their memories? You know, just something to think about. 
Um, what are some other reasons we save things? These are the things that I thought of as I was preparing for this episode, but I'd be interested in your thoughts as well. Again, uh, you can share your, your thoughts on why we hang on to this stuff. Uh, why, you know, if there are certain things that you're saving, why you save them. And you can share that in the comments section for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash one zero five. So what are the benefits of weeding this stuff out, of trimming it down? I mean, the number one uh, benefit, I think, comes with, uh, and this fits in a lot of categories, but certainly here, there is more, each item we have has more meaning if we have fewer things than if we have many. So if we have hundreds of photographs None of them have a lot of individual significance. But if we've gone through our hundreds of photographs and narrowed them down, weeded them out to, you know, the 25 best photographs of our children or, what, what you know, whatever category you want to say, those are going to have much more significance to us, much more meaning to us, and they're going to be much more accessible to us than if we have those hundreds and hundreds of whether it's photographs or greeting cards or ribbons and mementos of any kind. Another benefit is that we regain that physical and maybe even more important, the psychological space. We lose the weight, the, both the physical weight and the psychological weight of carrying all that stuff um, that, we, you know, that we've collected over the years. If we're paying for storage, or if we're living in a bigger house, then maybe we need simply because every cupboard and closet and all the space under every bed and, and you know, everywhere you look is filled with these reminders of, of times that have passed, uh, we're, we're, we can save money by weeding out and trimming down the number of those things. We certainly can loosen the hold our past might have on us. There's, you know, and, and I please understand me. I love looking back on the memories of, oh, when my kids were little or my high school years and some of the fun things that I had there and the early years of our marriage. There's fun to be had in reliving some of those old memories. But, you know, if we spend too much time looking back at the the good old days, and I'm using air quotes here, then we're we're being held hostage in the past instead of being present in what's happening in our lives today and the good things that are happening today, or at least we run that risk if we are weighed down with, with the stuff that's there to remind us of the days that are gone. And finally, uh, there's a catharsis that can come from the actual process of weeding out all these mementos, of actually sitting with them and handling them one by one Maybe talking about the memories they evoke with a friend or a family member who's helping you with that process, but going through that, you know, one item at a time, enjoying those, laughing about it, maybe crying a little bit about the memories and the, you know, photos of, of family members who are no longer with us and those sorts of things, going through that process and then letting them go. It can really, there's that catharsis that comes from going through the process. 
So how do we do it? How do we manage these mementos? And what do we do with those? I called this episode, what should I do with all these memories? But um, I'm going to talk about the difference between memories and mementos. And probably you can already figure out what that is. But the first step, I think, is getting our mind around why you keep it and why you want to keep it. And that's, I referred to this already, the importance of really thinking about why, why do I have all this stuff? Whatever your little thing is or things are, um, if it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of printed photographs or uh, boxes full of greeting cards and programs from every play you ever went to or, you know, those sorts of things, take some time to think about why why you're keeping those, why you've kept them all this time. Is it just inertia? You know, you just have collected them and um, tossed them in a box when you got them and just never have gotten around to it. That's one thing. But if as you open up those boxes and are going through and thinking about um, getting rid of some of those things, you feel some resistance to that. Think about why that is. Are you associating the item with a person? Is um, is it that fear, whether spoken or not, of, of lack, of scarcity, of, of not having something that you wish you had? Are you keeping somebody else's memories? As I talked, mentioned this earlier, you know, the, the things, that, the mementos of your grown children's childhood or something from your best friend's wedding, those are their memories. Those are their, those were their events and you were part of it, but they're really theirs. And so, you know, there's one thing to consider is to give those things to them and keep only the things that are truly your memories. But the the important thing to remember, and this is what I was just referring to, the difference between our memories and our mementos. These items that we keep these boxes full of photographs and cards and ribbons and certificates and, um, you know, graduation tassels and those sorts of things. Those, those are not our memories. Our memories live in our minds. Those, those items, those, whatever they are for you are simply triggers that bring those memories to the forefront. But there are other ways to trigger those memories and get to enjoy them without keeping boxes and closets and cupboards full of stuff that um, only clutters up your, your physical space and your mental space as well. And even more important is to remember that those items are not the people that you cherish. They're just things. And getting rid of them is not tossing the people out of your life. And I, I have to remind myself, I was terrible about this when, um, see, see if you've been through this, when my kids were little and we'd take them in at certain ages, like we all, we took each of the kids into the photographer, like at JCPenney or somewhere when they were about six months old to get portraits done. Cause that's about when they would start sitting up on their own and you could get, you know, really cute pictures taken. Well, these photography studios are not run by dummies. They know how much we cherish our children. And, you know, they, they sell some package that's a really reasonably priced thing to get a certain number of portraits. But when you go in to view the portraits, they would spread out, you know, all these great pictures, you know, versions of the photographs that they took of your darling child. 
And then they say, okay, well, this one here and these two little ones, these are the package that you paid for. All these other ones, you know, you can pay extra and here's the package to get all of them. And I, I was really bad about, I'd buy them all because I felt like if I left any of those photographs there, I was, you know, like throwing away my child or something. But the fact is, those photographs are not my babies. Um, they are simply images of my babies. And discarding or giving away a memento is not discarding the memory or the person that the memory is about. There was a great quote in an article I read while I was preparing for this episode. And the article was in a, on a wikihow.com uh, site, and it was called Let Go of Sentimental Clutter. And I just love this quote, uh, and I wanted to share it with you. It says, remember that no matter how much magic or uniqueness you have imparted to the object, it isn't the person or the moment. It is simply an object, and it's an object that is potentially holding you back. It is your way of bringing that person or moment into the present and hoping that the magic still holds now. However, that moment is a memory, and the feelings, emotions, and interactions first present when that object came into your life have passed. You are always entitled to the memory, but allowing such objects to create a burden on your present life is unhealthy. I just love that. I mean, I wrote it down and it's something I, you know, I've thought about on and off because I, my husband has said more than once, only half jokingly, that everything has sentimental value to me. I mean, a, a candy bar wrapper from a trip we took, you know, when uh, on the ferry boat uh, from Seattle to somewhere, or, you know, think, goofy things like that that I would hang on to forever. All my textbooks from law school and the notebooks in which I took my notes in class, it took me years to get rid of those because you know, they were, as like I said earlier, those were evidence of all that work that I did. But the work was done. I had the degree. I was practicing law. And all those things we're doing was taking up space in our bookshelves and having to be hauled around when we moved. So if, if those objects... I mean, I just think that quote is so good. And I'll try to remember to, to quote that in the the uh, uh, show notes for this episode, and I'll definitely put a link to the article because there was more in there that was good. Another, uh, another quote from that same article, they said, allowing sentimental clutter to fill your current life soon becomes a way of bloating the present with the past, of recreating memories instead of forging ahead, and even of hanging on to a self or onto other people who have since changed considerably, such as children growing up, your own entering another phase of life, or etc. Again, we can't relive those memories. We, we can just enjoy them for what they are, and we don't need the stuff to do that. So those, you know, the first step in kind of dealing with this kind of sentimental clutter, if you want to call it that, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm not saying you should get rid of all your stuff, or that I'm going to get rid of all my stuff, but it's worth thinking about as we are trying to you know, our, uh, continue on our ongoing journey toward making lives that matter. Part of that is living intentionally in all areas of our life, including the stuff we keep uh, in, in our space. And so the first step there is getting our, our thoughts 
kind of focused on why we're keeping it, why we want to keep it, and deciding whether we're happy with the answers to those questions. It's not a question of whether there's a right or wrong answer. It's it's whether you're happy with the reasons you're keeping this stuff. So step two then becomes deciding what to keep and what not to keep. And again, here, there are no right or wrong answers. Do what feels right to you, what creates a home and a mind and a life that feels spacious and yet full of what matters most to you. And, and so the, this is the actual process of kind of sorting through this stuff. And for somebody like, um, like my friend in the mastermind group that, in, uh, that inspired this episode to begin with, there, she, she says she has a lot of stuff and it's going to be a long process to go through to sort through it and, and do that process of deciding what to keep and what not to keep. And there were some great suggestions in the group um, about how to do that, how to manage that process. One of the women in the group said when she was doing something similar, she actually arranged to have a big room with a big table, not in her home, but uh, like a conference room where she worked. And she took these boxes of things in, arranged to have that room and spent a week or so, you know, several hours at a time going through the boxes, identifying what was meaningful keeping the stuff that's meaningful, but discarding things like blurred photos, duplicates of things, cards from people that she didn't even remember anymore. And, you know, that's what's interesting when you start this, the physical process of sorting through these things, you do start to realize there that some amount of the space that, you know, the stuff you've been storing no longer even has a meaningful memory for you anymore. You've got a greeting card that you're looking at and you're thinking, I don't, know why I saved this. I don't remember who this person is that sent it to me. Or, you know, stacks of photographs that are blurry, you can't tell who's in it, or or multiple duplicates back in the olden days for you youngsters listening, when we used to actually take film to to somewhere to be developed. And a lot of times you would, they would give you special deals where you'd get like two copies of every, every photo, two prints of every photo back. So you could share them with people and you'd put those envelopes in a box somewhere. And so now you've got duplicates of every photo. And so you could certainly get rid of some of those duplicates. You could, uh, as you go through the photos and you see some are blurry, get rid of those. As you're going through the photos that aren't blurry and aren't duplicates and you look at them and you think, who are these people? Why did I have a picture of them? Those may be some that you can toss, uh, you know, get rid of the things that, that no longer really have any significant memory for you. Uh, one of the other women in the group suggested doing a, starting with a sort of big sort, um, sorting things into big kind of broad categories and then in separate sessions, go through those smaller piles and evaluate each of the items. And a couple of different women recommended, and I think this was such a great, a wise idea to remember that it can be emotionally draining to do this. So give yourself time, uh, give yourself that physical and emotional space to do that sorting and evaluating of these things. Uh, if they stir up memories for you that good or bad may be very emotional, uh, you know, give yourself some time and grace to do that. Um, you know, the process of the sorting, as we talked about before, but going the actual process of doing that, spending a little time reliving those memories, laughing, crying, whatever may give you 
a sense of ease to release some of those items. Uh, several people recommended having a friend help. Um, and I've seen this in some articles that I read as part of the preparation here, that one of the benefits of having not a family member, but a friend there to help you go through, say, stacks of photos, and you know, you show them to her, and if you can't tell her who those people are, you probably don't need that photograph. So something to consider. Certainly be selective. Um, I would say it's a good idea to decide ahead of time how much space you're going to devote to your mementos, uh, whether it's photos, awards, ribbons, you know, kids, kids, tiny clothes or whatever. Decide ahead of time how much space you're going to devote to, to what you're going to keep. One box or maybe one or two uh, picture frames, whatever it is that you're going to decide and you're going to keep only what will fit into that space. So cull through and keep only the best versions of the most meaningful keepsakes. Certainly don't keep mementos that have bad memories attached to them. Um, I, you know, this, this would be my inclination. I keep lots of things for lots of reasons, but a couple of different articles I read brought this up and I thought this is really a smart thing to remember. Life is just too short to be weighed down by memories of a, a, a past boyfriend, a bad marriage, a crummy job, a, you know, an event that you, you know, competition that you lost, whatever, anything that you've got in there that evokes a bad memory for you, a painful memory, why would you want to keep that? I, it's, you know, a question that I am asking myself in a lot of other contexts, but you know, why would you want to spend time thinking about something that makes you feel bad? And, I, I feel the same way about mementos. There are certain things from a, a past business relationship that ended badly. It was a business and friendship kind of thing that ended very badly. And when I was going through my office things uh, yesterday and today, uh, as we're getting ready for that renovation, uh, I came across file folders full of the, the business paperwork related to that. And it brought back the painful memories of how that friendship slash business relationship ended. And I thought, why? There's no reason I need to keep these. They're three or four years old and I threw them away. So I'm not going to come across them again and have those memories stirred up in the future. Uh, there were a number of, there's so many more things that I could say, but we're already running long. Um, are there a couple of really great, there was a, a crowdsourced article in from the, um, ask.com website called, uh, somebody wrote in with a question of which mementos from my childhood should I keep? And there were some great answers to that. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. There was another article at house, H-O-U-Z-Z.com, um, called, um, edit keepsakes with confidence, what to let go and what to keep. Another really, really tons of great ideas in there. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. So that's step two is kind of going through and deciding what to what to get rid of, what to keep, what not to keep. Step three, decide what to do with the things that you're not going to keep. Uh, it should be a simple answer to throw away the blurry or duplicate photos, the junky stuff, the faded, you know, frayed ribbons, whatever, those things that are um, just junk, 
that nobody really has any use for. Throw those away. Get rid of anything that when you look at it, you don't remember why you kept it or where you got it or, or who those people are. Um, no, no need to keep those things. Consider sharing uh, some of the better stuff that does, that's no longer meaningful to you, but maybe meaningful to other family members. Share those things with them. Put them in a box, put it out on a table at the next family event and let everybody know they're welcome to take what they want, but let them know that you're going to throw away anything that's not taken. Uh, Let that become somebody else's memento. It may have more significance and more meaning to them. Uh, And then step four is to decide what to do with the things you are going to keep. And there were tons of great ideas in our mastermind group about this and some others that uh, I came up with later Uh, One of the women suggested, you know, let's talk about scanning uh, or uh, when you're talking about photographs or greeting cards, things like that, scanning or putting them into digital format. Uh, You can get a scanner. Uh, I love my... um, scan snap scanner. And I'll, I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes for that, that allows me to scan those things uh, very quickly. And then you've got them in, in a JPEG format or a format that you can do something with on your computer. Um, one of the women suggested picking a couple of wall frames you like, um, uh, the things that you've scanned, you know, uh, the, then the, the, what you've got before you throw them away, pick a couple of wall frames you like, or s- scrapbook type things you like, what fits in there you keep, and then the rest of them you toss away. And so, but you've got, because you've captured them in digital format, if you want to look at them to relive that memory, you're going to be able to do that anytime you want to. Uh, but so you no longer need to keep uh, more than just a, a handful of the, the, physical versions of them. If you have a lot of photos or greeting cards or whatever to scan, there are services that will scan and organize them for you. Um, a couple I found that seemed, I haven't used these myself, but these seem to be really well reviewed. One of them is called photobridge.com. Another one is called, is you, you can find information at scandigital.com and uh, scanmyphotos.com. Uh, all of those, I'll put links in the show notes. I found more ideas and more reviews of different services in a couple of um, online magazine articles from a couple years ago, a PC World article and a Mac World article. Both r- had various um, reviews of the various services that are available for digitizing your photos, for instance. And so those would be worth looking into if you have tons and tons of these that you want to get digitized, um, captured, but you don't want to spend hours and hours running them through the scanner. So what to do with these photos and mementos once you've digitized them? You can create a folder on your computer for the scanned photos and cards and so on and rotate them as your desktop wallpaper. On my Mac, I have the ability to actually uh, select a a folder of photos as the source for the screensaver or the wallpaper that comes up and, you know, they rotate through these. So your screen doesn't kind of get stuck. The pixels don't get stuck and computers all come with photos for that, but why not use some of these photos that you've saved and digitized because you love them. Consider using a service like Shutterfly, which you can find at shutterfly.com or similar services that will take your favorites of these digitized mementos and put them into a book format. You could, for instance, create various ones of these books um, 
for photos and mementos for specific people and then give them to the family members at as gifts. There was a great article I found about digital scrapbooking. And this was on the unclutterer.com website, a, a, a article called clutter free scrapbooking that you can actually do digital versions of scrapbooks with all the if you're into scrapbooking, you know, there's all these different um, stickers and different things you can do to decorate up the pages. Well, you can do that digitally. Uh, and this article talks about that. So I'll, I'll put a link for that in the show notes. If you have some really nice digital photos that you would like to be able to display, consider using a service like Fracture, which you'll find at FractureMe.com. It turns digital photos into displayable photos by basically mounting them right on a thin sheet of glass. And uh, this is something I'm going to try one of these days. I've heard about it on other podcasts. Uh, and uh, it just looks like a great idea. You, you you know you upload your photos and they turn it into uh, uh, you know mounted on glass in such a way that it just looks beautiful and you can you can hang it on the wall or uh, however you want to display it. One of the women in the mastermind group suggested uh, an app. There's a free app for iOS devices called Prisma. And it will actually, it, it's kind of cool. And there's no way to, dis- I don't know how to describe it uh, verbally. You just would have to check it out. But it will take your di- your electronic photos, your digital photos, and turn them into kind of like an art piece, make it look almost like a painting or something. And so that would that could be kind of a cool thing. You can also use an app like Canva or PicMonkey to create uh, user, digital collages or images of that combine different photos that you can share on social media, use for your computer wallpaper, do any kind of a number of things. They're very easy to use. I've used both of them. I use Canva more often now, um, but you can use them to add text to the pictures if you want to put a name or something on it or a little quote that's that goes with the person or whatever, borders around them. Both Canva and PicMonkey have both free and paid versions, but you can check them out. I recently made a very simple uh, collage of photos of my four granddaughters that I can now share and enjoy. It took me, I don't know, maybe three or four minutes on Canva. I'll try to remember to share that in the show notes because it was, you know, there's nothing uh, really artistic about it, but it was a neat way to display uh, the four granddaughters are are all the uh, daughters of my daughter, my oldest daughter and her husband. And uh, now I have them all in one image that I can do things with. So I'll, I'll share that so you can see as an example of something you can do with your photos. Plus they're really cute. So you'll, you'll like watching, looking at my granddaughters. Um, another thing to do is find ways to display and enjoy the physical mementos. So we've talked about things to do once you've, with the ones you scan. Um, but what about the physical ones that you keep the, whether photos, cards, little pieces of artwork, depending on whether they're, you know, two dimensional or three dimensional, there are lots of ways that you can find to display them so you can actually enjoy them and share them with other people. Consider, creating a shadow box display or art piece of some kind from some of your favorite items. Maybe you have a table or a desk that you could put a sheet of clear glass on top of and just arrange a display of those photos or cards underneath that. So you see that whenever you're using that table, 
I think I mentioned before, find a frame that you like and create a collage of photos and greeting cards and things by, by a particular theme, maybe the person who gave them to you, an event that they're all relating to, something like that, that then you can hang on the wall. One of the one of the women in the mastermind group recommended checking out Pinterest to see if there are ideas there for creating something out of greeting cards. And there was another great article on unclutterer.com uh, about preserving cherished sentimental items. Uh, had some really, really good ideas there. And I'll share that link in the show notes, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 105. There are lots of ways you could share these um, mementos with other people. Uh, as we were talking in the, the mastermind group, one of the women suggested that uh, this, this woman create consider writing a memoir based on what she finds as she's sorting through and curating these materials. Use some of the best of the cards and the photos and different things as il- to illustrate it and then write a little bit of a memoir around the the significance of the photo, the whatever it is. And I thought that was kind of a neat idea. Another suggestion would would be to group the uh, and we, again we were talking about greeting cards and a lot of us save those special greeting cards that we get from the people we love. Um, there was a suggestion to group those cards by theme, whether it's by the giver, by, all, you know, say all the Valentine's Day cards you've ever gotten from your husband, you have all of those. Group them by whatever themes you want to focus on, and then use the favorites from a particular theme to, if you're artsy, to decoupage a box or a flower vase or some kind of useful thing. Uh, to make it beautiful and make it, you know, significant because it's got all these images related to uh, these mementos. And then give it a place of honor where you can see and enjoy those images every time you use that, you know, that box. Or And I'm talking about it like a wooden box type of thing or the vase or whatever. You might want to consider creating a scrapbook or a memory book for each child or significant family member using photos, cards, artwork, ribbons, mementos relevant to him or her. Annotate it with a few sentences here and there of your memories around these things. And then schedule a date with that person, a time to sit down and go through that book with him or her one-on-one to talk about and relive those memories. Tell, tell her or him why you saved the items and then give the book to that person um, as, you know, f- f- so that they can have those memories. And another person suggested, as far as greeting cards, repurposing some of those cards, the prettiest ones, for other people. You can trim the front off into a postcard that you can send or give to someone else. And someone else suggested creating a PowerPoint type, uh, slideshow type thing of cards or photos that you could share at a family event. And the other... um, suggestion, or I guess the last step of this process would be to set some limits for going forward. Once you've gone through this exercise of sorting and curating and finding ways to share and display the things that you are keeping and get, and, uh, get rid of the things that no longer are significant, set some limits going forward. So you don't end up in that same overloaded place again. So for the physical items you're going to keep, but not display, 
uh, as I think we, I mentioned this before, get a box of whatever size you choose. You know, you can buy like archival quality boxes and commit to keeping no more than what will fit in that box. Um, and somebody else suggested, uh, since the the conversation that that inspired this episode had to do with the fact that this woman is moving in the next year or so and needs to, uh, she's going to be downsizing. Um, and so somebody at the, at the end of the call suggested, well, going forward, just pretend you're going to move once a year. So you make decisions about what to keep and get rid of with that in mind going forward. So those are just some thoughts that have come up in with respect to the things that we keep that have, um, you know, sentimental value to us. Uh, and there are lots of reasons why we keep stuff. And as I've already said, nobody but you can decide what's worth the costs in time, space, energy, emotion to keep. If, but if you, you know, like me, if you're, if you're working toward creating more space in your life and in your mind for the things that matter most, getting a handle on the stored mementos uh, in your life is a really good place to start. I want to say a thank you to the ladies of the summer 2016 Saturday morning productive woman mastermind group for the great conversation that inspired this and for the really useful ideas that they shared. But what do you think? I would love to hear from you about the areas maybe that you struggle with keeping too much stuff or, or the ideas that you've come up with to manage the mementos in your life. Uh, to find that balance of keeping this stuff that's significant, but not getting overwhelmed by it. Please share your thoughts. There are, as we always talk about, there are various ways that you can share your feedback. Uh, if you want to share it publicly, you can do that in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 105, or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. Um, or if you haven't already done so, you can join me and the other ladies in the new Productive Woman Community Facebook group, which is a private group where we meet up and interact and ask questions, share info and insights and encouragement, you know, kind of anything related to making a life that matters is open season there. So that would be a great place to share your thoughts on this episode and your suggestions, ideas, or ask for other people's advice on how to deal with whatever your little bugaboo is. You can go to the productive dot uh, yeah, the productive woman.com slash group and click the join button if you haven't already done so. And I'll be sure and let you in. I'd love to see you there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at the productive woman.com or leave a voice message on the website or the Facebook page. Um, finally, if you're uh, looking for encouragement, motivation, accountability in achieving your goals and moving forward in a life that matters, uh, and if you want a little more than you can get in the uh, community Facebook group, consider joining a, the Productive Woman Mastermind groups. I am forming new groups now. I think I really enjoyed the interactions and the, the watching the progress of the women in the summer groups. And I know that the fall groups are going to be just as good. Um, spaces are very limited. And frankly, as I'm recording this, there are only two spaces left for the fall groups. But I will be having more groups in the future and uh, would love to have you be part of it. So if you go to theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind, you can find more information there. If you have questions, you can send me an email. I would love to have you be part of that. 
Oh, and I almost forgot that I was going to let you know that I um, have the honor of speaking as part of an upcoming Solopreneur Time Management Summit, which will be available online for free during the week, the days of September 7th through 16th of 2016. Uh, they're going to be in like 25 different speakers talking about various things related to time management and, and things related to that. So if that's something you might be interested in, in learning more about, you can visit theproductivewoman.com slash September Summit for more information. And you can, you know, sign up and watch it for free during those days. I think they're, um, for those who want the ability to watch it, uh, it later at your own pace and your own time, they'll be selling uh, membership or packages to, to get the videos and watch them whenever you want, but you can watch it for free. I'm not sure what day my uh, interview will be shown, but when I find out, I'll post that in the Facebook group. So again, that's available, uh, or information is available, and to sign up, I think you go to theproductivewoman.com slash September Summit. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope it was helpful to you. I hope you thought it was interesting and you found something that you can put to use in your own journey toward making a life that matters. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.